You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You're listening to the Detroit Red Wings Alumni Show. Red Wings trying to get the sweep. Three seconds left into the zone. The Detroit Red Wings on the stand. McCarty up over the line. McCarty got by his man. He scores! What a play there McCarty made. Now we got a fight. Oh, and who's he involved with? Looks like that's John Gruden. That's the first time I've ever seen Fedek in a fight. Ten seconds away from successfully defending the Stanley Cup, the Detroit Red Wings. Their bench up. Osgood with his arms up over his head coming out. The Detroit Red Wings have won the Stanley Cup for the second year in a row. Shot in on the new goaltender, Eddie Mio, in goal. Look at that old school mask. And that's something. He's a brave man. Hey, my catch it down. He's in. Six scores. Kalima. Kosar Probert, though, that's the main one here. These are good friends. You rarely ever see Kosar and Probert go at it. Kosar, the former Red Wings. Detroit Red Wings, their offensive catalyst, number 25, welcome left winger John O'Grodnick. Got it in front, the score! Jason Wolley, the shot heard round the world! And welcome to episode 24 of the Detroit Red Wing Alumni Podcast. Joining me today, I am so fortunate, where it is Eddie Mio. Eddie is the only one in studio. We've got Art on assignment. Art, for those of you that do not know, has taken a job with the big club, with the Detroit Red Wings, and he's going to be doing a lot of their social media, doing writing, and as we all know, based on what's going on today, uh, there's a lot to talk about, and we're going to get into that in just a second. We've got a few different topics. We're going to barefoot a little bit today. We're going to talk about things about the alumni, talk about things going on in the NHL. Um, the other thing we're going to do is we're going to actually open it up to phone calls. So if you'd like to give us a call today, take a question or two for Eddie Mio or even myself, Newman, uh, which is I have no idea why you'd want to do that, you can call in at 248 248- Five seven nine five two six zero. So, Eddie, as we get into the trade deadline, you know, I woke up this morning, and of course, I'm checking news and everything else. And the headline for ESPN was "Best All Time Trades Made by Every One of the Thirty NHL Teams." So, I of course, because I'm a masochist, scroll down. Edmonton Oilers acquired center Wayne Gretzky goalie Eddie Meal and left winger Peter Driscoll from the Indianapolis Racers when both teams were in the WHA for 700000 and future considerations. Eddie, how do you feel about being named as the best franchise trade of all time? I didn't know that until you told me, but uh, $699,999 for Wayne and the other dollar for us. Was that it? No, it's uh, you know it's it's been written about for long uh, many many uh, many many uh, 
articles have been done. Uh, Wayne has done it on Johnny Carson, told a story about our flight from Indianapolis to Edmonton. And uh, it's, you know what, it always gets to the point where when you mention it right there, it brings back good memories, 1978, uh, November, I think it was. November 2nd. November 2nd, uh, 1978. And uh it's just, uh, I didn't realize we were the number one, but I think it's obviously because of what Wayne has done in his career that we were even in there. I don't think they would. I'm not sure that Peter Driscoll and myself are really included in that draft. But I got to tell you something, that uh, Wayne Wayne makes the joke that he was the throw-in. <laughs> and uh, if you really want to check the records, Peter Driscoll the year before and the, or the uh, two years prior to that, he had 50 goals in the WHA, and uh, he was a tough guy. He was pretty. He was a heavyweight. He was in. He was in Semenko's class. Semenko's class. Uh, if you want to do it the modern day, McCarty, McSorley. He was that kind of guy. So the the Oilers already had Semenko, but they needed to beef up a little bit more. So they brought in Peter. Plus, he could play, he could score. He was a power forward. They needed a goalie. The only guy they had was Dave Dryden. He was getting up. And basically, when Wayne tells the story, it's because they took a chance on a 17-year-old that only had five games in the WHA and had only scored one, I think only one goal. So the phenom coming in the WHA was not the phenom at the time, but became the phenom. So if you look at it, and you couldn't even compare it to today's NHL, but essentially you're getting Wayne Gretzky, a 50-goal scorer and a starting goaltender. For seven hundred thousand dollars, exactly. Now there was some guys that went back into Indy, but uh, Indy lasted maybe a month, and then they folded. <clears throat> so, uh, so it was basically a cash deal, and uh, and there's a lot of stories. We're not going to get into them because we'll take up the whole year. I mean, the whole hour. But uh, how the trade came about? It was a backgammon game. Winnipeg owner Gabadi didn't want to play uh, Scalbania. But Parkington did, and supposedly the way the story goes is Scalbania said, if you beat me, then you get Gretzky, Mio, and Driscoll. Actually, it was just Gretz at the time. Wait a minute, so he had a win in order to get Mio, or was it? <laughs> yeah, he had to win. No, he had to win in order to make the cash deal. If he lost to Scalbania, the trade would still go through. But Scalbania gets a piece of your team. I don't know if it was 20 25%, but no cash. So here, I'm giving you Gretzky and the two other guys for nothing, but I'm going to own 25 or th- whatever they came up sure. with percent of your team. Gabadi didn't want to do it. Pockington said yes. Pockington won the game and paid him 700000 So part of that story then has always been that you guys got into the airplane and you had no idea where you were going. We had no idea when we got up, when we were called. They made us practice, by the way. First, <laughs> Pat Stapleton, Whitey Stapleton, old Chicago Blackhawks, and then played in WHA was our coach and GM. And after the practice, unless he got the call or whatever, but we finished the practice. He called us over. We were still in our equipment. Called us over. Said, "Come on in uh, uh, the dress room here." So he looked at us and he said, "Listen." He said, get home, grab your stuff, take it with you, grab as much stuff as you can, okay, and be at the airport by 2 o'clock. 
And I replied, I said, what's up, coach? He says, well, you guys are gone. Well, where are we going? Uh, don't know. Supposedly, who's ever got $200,000 in the bank between Winnipeg and Edmonton by 2 o'clock is where you're going. Okay? So we went home. We're a little bit in shock because we've both been to Win- Winnipeg and Edmonton. <laughs> and neither neither one was very desirable other than good hockey. But, uh, you know, it was uh, it was one of those things that we were kind of in shock, not knowing – but we knew it was Winnipeg or Edmonton. So when we got to the airport, waited around for about an hour. Now it was getting late. The jet was going to take off. And uh, they told us to board, make the flight plan for Minneapolis, land there, and the deal should be done by then. So, I mean, there's a lot more that went on there, which, again, we would take, I mean, with the credit card, I mean, that, well, why not? Let's say it because the credit, card. the credit card story is 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 prevalent around the NHL. Um, when we loaded our stuff in, there wasn't any room. It was just a small little Lear. But back then, in '78, when you had a private jet, you thought you were big time. So we loaded it up. Boom! Whitey said goodbye to us. Closed the door. Uh, closed the 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 door. I guess yeah. And um, flight took off. So we're just we're still climbing, and the pilot door opens up, and the pilot says, "Okay, who's going to pay for this?" And we're all looking around, and I, being the senior guy, I was only twenty. I think I was twenty two, twenty no, twenty four at the time. I said, "Well, what do you mean? Who's going to pay for this?" I said, "Well, somebody has to pay for this flight. Nobody's paid for it, and I'm going to turn around and land in Indianapolis." So I'm thinking, well, we can't, you know, we're already in the air. Gratz is, can't fly. He's he's bad, a bare-knuckle flyer. He's, you know, so I, no way are we going to land this thing and take off again with the kid. So I said, well, uh, do you take credit cards? And the guy says, yeah. And I knew I was the only guy with a credit card, right? Gretz is only 17, he thought, although he's making more money than we are. And then... Um, Peter does everything in cash. Just bought a brand new Baritz. It was in cash. <laughs> and we're talking back in 78. But it was the first. But anyways, so I give him my credit card. They got the old swiper. Literally. You know where you Right. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Sends, crack, it back, crack. sends it back to me. And I'm looking at it. And before I'm signing it, I'm looking at it, looking at it. And Peter Driscoll was sitting next to me. He says, uh, what's the matter? He says, you see this? says, yeah. And I think it was something like $10,000. I'm not sure. And I go, I sign it, give it back. The guy gives me back the cop, a copy and Peter nudges me. He says, why were you staring at it so long? I says, do you think they're going to check my uh, credit card? He goes, I don't know. He says, uh, why? I says, because it's got a $500 limit. Canadian. <laughs> well, we're going to have Canadian. to turn Canadian. Right. Well, back then, 78, I don't think the the exchange rate was all that dramatic, but still it was $500 and this flight was like $10,000. Right. So the end result was I, I was kind of worried about it the whole flight. And in Minneapolis, we land, they tell us we're going to Edmonton. So now it's getting late. 
So we get to Edmonton, we land in the wrong airport, we land in the international one, and everybody's waiting at the city one, right? So the customs guard, the custom guy come on the plane and says, hey, you're in the wrong airport. You got to get off. They're all waiting for you since I don't know what time. Anyways, we land in the city one, and as soon as the PR guy, John Short, came up, I didn't even think. I just said, here, take care of this. And he goes, why? I says, why had to pay for the flight? He goes, oh, no problem. So he takes my copy and the original copy and he rips it up and gives him his American Express. Well, I'm thinking back, do you know how much that would be worth right now? And not that I would ever sell it. I would have gave it to Wayne, plaque, you know, put a nice on a mount, plaque it up and all that. But that thing would have been a collector's item because oh, for that, sure. yeah, right. that sent uh, Wayne over there. But I was so happy that it got ripped up because I knew I wasn't getting charged. I was only making thirty five thousand dollars at the time. Well, that was big money back yeah, then in seventy eight. It was okay. So if you look at it, so you've got that as the Edmonton. If you look at the Los Angeles Kings acquired center Wayne Gretzky, Marty McSorley, and Mike Krushelniski from the Oilers for Jimmy Carson. Martin Jelenis, fifteen million, and first round picks in eighty nine, ninety one, and ninety three. And that's what's amazing to me that that they picked us as the number one trade. I think you're just no, pulling no, no. my leg. No, what? I want to see this. It, it's right here. It's on ESPN.com. <laughs> I can't make this. Stuff no, but up. It, 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 I, I understand where you get. No, at. but it's the greatest trade for each franchise. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So uh, Detroit. Uh, acquired Chris Chelios from the Blackhawks for Andres Erickson and two first-round picks, March 23rd. They're saying that was the greatest trade. Now, I wonder if they have St. Louis and the fleecing that we took with oh, the uh, yeah. uh, Otsi trade. Because well, didn't we get Federico and some Federico And no, we got a defenseman, I think, didn't we? Did Lee Norwood come over? Um. I can't because that was Oates, but it was for Federko. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was Federko was part of that. Yeah. So yeah, they just go through and they talk about each franchise and what. And when I saw that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to have to mention that yeah, to Eddie, and it, it opens up. So with that, and before we take our first break, just I wanted to get your initial thoughts based on what's going on with the big club right now with the Red Wings. You know, you've got rid of Vanek, Yurko, Ott, Smith. At this point, all four are gone, right? And you really didn't, you received um, the guy from New York back, the pugilist there, the enforcer, you know, who'll give you a little bit of time. Um, But other than that, it's all draft picks. What's your initial thought? Well, you know what? I think we talked about it earlier this afternoon. and, and And it was about, they need the clean house right now and make room, okay? I know no one ever, ever, wanted to say that we need to rebuild, but we need to rebuild. And I think the organization is starting to realize that. So I think they're just making room. With draft choices, you don't know if they're going to use some of those draft choices at the draft, okay, this coming draft, which a lot of teams do build up draft choices during the year and then use them to upgrade or maybe move up, maybe get another first rounder, you know, whatever it is. Uh, So... I kind of see this coming a little late, but, you know, it's a good sign. Believe me, it is a good sign that, you know, the organization has taken upon themselves to bring in and make room 
for some players. Well, at this point right now, for the 2017 draft, we're going to have five draft picks in the third round. You know, total, we're looking at 12 draft picks so far for the 2017 draft. Right. Like I said, they're going to, they're going to, but here's the thing. There's no Connor McDavid. You know, this is not going to be, you're in the business. This is not going to be a very deep draft. As I told somebody earlier, it's not a deep draft, but you're going to find your players in the second, third, and fourth rounds. Okay. You're going to find some good. Are they going to be superstars? No. I want good players. And when's the last time, you know what? God love them. You don't know that though, Newman. You don't know that until they come in. So. They're but not we don't use see all, these guys for five I know, years. But they're not going to use all those 12 picks to pick 12 players. Trust me. They're going to group them in. They're going to try and get another first-rounder. Yeah, the draft is not that heavy this year. But at the same time, if they get three, four, they build up their uh, Grand Rapids because next year, or are they making room contract-wise? Because you're only allowed 50, I think, 50 or 52 contracts. So are they making room? And they got some plans for spending some money this summer. Again, we all say Kenny's having trouble drawing those free agents. But those free agents don't have to be the high-end kind. But if you can get two or three in your lineup, you're going to do a lot better than what we're doing now. Look, and all I'm saying as a casual fan, somebody that watches the team, and I don't know all the inside baseball, all the inside hockey, Right, but we don't see it. Kenny doesn't have the same magic. We're not pulling these guys from the sixth and seventh round in the draft anymore. Why is it because Scotty's gone? Is it because Jim Nill's no, gone? It's because people caught on. But what did they catch on to? They caught on that maybe Europe should be scouted a little bit more thoroughly. Okay, and and Detroit did it. They have a great Swedish scout out there. Okay, now everybody's catching on to that. They're looking at the Europeans a little bit more than what they used to because of what Zettelberg, Fedorov, Datsuk, Konstantinov, you know, whatever. So a lot more teams have added more scouting people to their staff. Okay, Detroit's always had a pretty good scouting staff and a lot of them. But the point is they're not looking for those guys anymore. They're just looking for players. And right now they're making room. I'm sure there's a plan here. You and I don't know about it, but there's a plan. They're going to use those 12 picks. I'm telling you, they're going to try and get two first-rounders. They're going to try and get two first-rounders, especially— But is in, this the year you try and go get a first-rounder? Well, this when is the only year you can do it. Out there. That, but this is the only year you can do it. Look, the you guy think, we just got today was a 10th-round pick three years ago, and I think he's played up to four NHL but, games. Listen, even when—I've been around for a long time. An agent has 12 years and worked for the Coyotes for uh, for another five. There is no guarantees. Phoenix organization had four. Connor McDavid was a guarantee. Well, yes. When, how many of those? You got Austin Matthews. Is there anybody behind him? But the point is, yeah, there's always going to be that one elite player. Okay? There should be. But the point is, again, is the fact that we had four first-rounders in Phoenix. Not when the, before I got, got on and before we hired a new head scout. Uh, and I'm not going to name names because they might be listening. And I, But the head scout got fired. Four out of the last seven years, Phoenix's first rounder, which was always in the top ten, did not make it, didn't even get a contract. Head scout got fired. Then, uh, then 
Again, somebody else took over. We started the first rounder, started playing. But that's four years, okay, that you lost a potential player. Add that. You draft him at 18. At 20, you should be ready. How much does that push your program back? Well, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. We're going to take a break, um, pay some bills. Um, Probably be back in about four or five minutes. Then we're going to continue on because there's a lot more that Eddie needs to school me on. For years, you've been hearing me talk about the benefits of laser therapy at Pain-Free Life Centers of Michigan. But don't take my word for it. I brought a guest in to talk to you today, former Detroit Tiger pitcher Dave Rosma. So, Dave, talk about your experience at Pain-Free Life Centers. Everybody knew my karate kick from 35 years ago. I've had a lot of knee pains. I came to you. Jeff, after a few treatments, made it feel better and stronger. And then I come back for another therapy. Dave, how long did it take for you to notice a difference in your pain level? The first day. The comfort level, the warmness, flexibility in my knee. It it gives you a positive attitude. Um, Emotionally, I felt better because I'm a golfer. I like to work out. It let me do these things. And the most important thing, I felt less pain. So, Dave, what would you tell the listeners to do to try to avoid the drugs, the injections, and the surgeries? If you're suffering from pain, try pain-free life centers because it helped me. Call 248-879-1100 or visit painfreelifecenters.com. I'm Thad Zott with Zott M59 Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. During our spring clearance event, you'll find the best deals in the D. Jeff, we know that, but we only have 30 seconds to tell the people. No worries. We made it easy by listing every vehicle in our massive inventory with the very best price we can offer on dealsinthed.com. Like leases starting at $129 per month or new Jeeps starting at $17.9. Dad, we need to hurry. Our 30 seconds is almost up. But dealsinthed.com is on 24-7-365. Get there. Did you know your company has an image problem? Seriously, right now, as customers are visiting your website, chances are your organization needs to look much better than it does. Standing out from the competition is important. Looking professional is critical. First impressions are everything. As a leader, no one knows this better than you do. You know you must look your very best. Well, the solution is United Photo Works. United Photo Works is a Detroit-based photography agency with the talent, experience, equipment, and knowledge to make your organization's visual image shine. From photos of your building's interior to its exterior, from capturing your corporate events to capturing those corporate headshots, the pros at UPW are here to make sure that you and your company look fantastic. Visit us at www.unitedphotoworks.com today and receive 20% off your next session. Remember, that's unitedphotoworks.com. You know, it seemed like a strange song to be playing in between, but I wanted to tell you a quick story. Um, Ted Lindsay's beautiful bride, Joanne, passed away last week. And, uh, you know, Eddie and I were very fortunate and were honored to be part of the Lindsay family. And I thought it was interesting when we did the funeral mass and they were pulling out, you know, the Catholic greatest hits of songs that you always hear at a funeral from, uh, you know, on Eagle's Wings to, you know, Be Not Afraid. Um, But they had started the mass actually with that song with I Just Called to Say I Love You. And the guy that was working the uh, piano, he was doing a great job singing the song. But, you know, I thought, wow, that's really a strange way to start a mass. But then I found out that it was Ted and Joanne's song. It's the song they really enjoyed. And 
the stories that we heard about Joanne and, you know, Eddie posted about it on his Facebook, just the uh, tremendous hockey family. Um, but we'd like to say that if you could just keep Ted and his family in your prayers, you know, Ted at 92 is just, he's a rock. He's doing really well. He's still hitting the gym. He's, uh, he's in such good spirits that he could still give Eddie and I pretty good shit at the, uh, wake of just who we are. So that was a little bit of the story. Eddie, any thoughts that you had about Miss Lindsay or the well, way, the funeral? We all know Joanne for many, many years and she was, she was his light, uh, she was uh, the person that you know that he relied on, and he said that at the funeral. I mean, at the at the wake when we were sitting with him. And but um, one thing that that I'm going to share with the uh, the listeners is that when we all walked over there, when we finally saw a break that he had nobody sitting at his table, and the alumni kind of stayed away, knowing we'll have our shot with uh, Teddy. <laughs> so we all walked over, grabbed our drinks, sat right with Teddy. And the comments that came back to me on Facebook, by the way, was that we had him laughing. Yes. And that's hockey. Okay. That's, that's the camaraderie that regardless when Teddy played, when I played, even though we didn't play against each other, when Joey Kosher played with Craig Willan was there, uh, just, uh, you know, all the guys that were sitting at that table. Mm-hmm. He looked over and we we were talking about Joanne a little bit and he started he, the tears were welling right? right. He looks over. He says, "Eddie, I, I shouldn't let let you guys see I cry." I go, "Are you kidding me, Ted? We all know how fearless. That's why they call you ter- terrible, Ted. You think I'm going to worry about you shedding a few tears for the wife of yours that you've you, you know dearly is go- you're, you're going to miss her? But I also said." We want you around because we're going to miss you if right. something happens. He looks at me. He says, don't worry. And this is at 92. Don't worry. I'll be, I plan on being around for a long, long time. Well, I found out his mother or his grandmother, she lived to 103. Uh, uh, Ted's going to do it. I'm telling you, he's, he wants records. <laughs> Well, he does like records, and the great thing about Ted, I mean, he's still hitting the gym every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. He's in there. We're, yeah. You know, he's got the schedule well, that he does. You heard at the table, we're going to fire Nick Libet, and Ted's going to come on as head coach now. And well, he really wants to do it. He yeah. wants to be around the alumni a little bit more. And, uh, you know, when something like this happens to your long longtime mate, sure. uh, you need something to fill that gap, or else he's going to, you know, we're worried about him. You know, he's... They lived together. They were by themselves all the time. He relied on her. Yes. I mean. Um, Anything I would do on the foundation side, on the Coaster it, Foundation, yeah, or Joanne. even on the alumni. It right. was Joanne. I would call Joe, yeah. and Joe would tell jo- me what the score was and what we yeah. were going to do. Joanne would call me and say, listen, uh, Ted's not feeling well right now, but uh, can you do the Senior Olympics handing out the trophies? It was always Joanne that, that took upon. Now, Ted would still make that call, but I'm sure Joanne grabbed and said, I'll make it. I got you it. Just, yes. I got it. So we're we're gonna miss Joanne as we miss Colleen as we're gonna miss Mister I. It's it's kind of we're getting at that age. We're we're gonna lose a lot of friends. You're here, here getting on, at that. age. I guess I'm getting at that age. Right, and that that was that. You know, you make the joke, and we had joked on the last show. You know about. We may have to, you know, kind of like the darkness with Harkness. You know, we may need to put aggressive hockey back in town, you know, based on the abysmal record of the alumni this year. You know, we were making jokes about January. Wait a minute. We only lost two games. No, no, no. No, no, no. 
that was before we went up to Alpena and got our ass handed to us up there. Uh, okay, Flint, we'll, we'll discuss this later. U of M. Well, Flint, <laughs> Alpena. U of M. I don't count. Well, you have to. It's still it's a game on the oh, on the schedule. They brought guys that graduated three years ago. Okay, we had Coulier. <laughs> we had Dave Coulier on our team. You know what? A loss I was is playing a loss. goal at sixty three. Mickey Redman. Our average age was 50, 53, probably. Their hearing, average age was thirty two. Mio, I hear excuses, and that no, cannot no happen. Excuses. This is not what goes on with the alumni. So, understanding we had brought Dave Lewis in to help Nick out. But you know what? The players aren't playing, right? So if we got to make a switch and put Lindsay in for Libet, you know, it's going to be an unfortunate conversation. But well, I need W. Ted will, will straighten us out. Absolutely. So going back to yes. what we were. Trade deadline. Uh, trade deadline. So we've got four gone. You're saying that it's okay. It's a rebuilding era. You know, I'm showing you some of the frustration that me as a casual fan has with Kenny Holland. When you see what Steve Eisenman just did. With Val Terry down in Tampa and even making that trade, and you see what Philadelphia did by only having to maintain 4.7% of Street's contract as opposed to we've got to take care of 50%. 50% is a lot of money, isn't understand. it? Understand. It's six weeks of his contract. He's only got the one-year contract. Okay, so yes. why does he get to do 50%? Because and- nobody probably would have taken him, knew me. Now that's the key. If I need to make a deal, I got to make that deal, no matter what it's going to cost me. This isn't Steve Ott. This is Thomas Vanek, who's having a great year. But where are we going? We're not making the playoffs, and he got some draft picks out of it. Okay, and okay, so all right, so let's keep him. We can't trade him, but let's keep him and pay a hundred percent of his contract the last month and a half. I mean, what's what's the what's the what's the thing here that 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 says Kenny Holland made a bad deal. When you need to get rid of somebody, you got to do whatever you can to get rid of them. Now, I'm not saying that in a bad way. Well, but didn't we get our ass kind of handed to us on the Pavel Datsuk deal? No. Because that kid, right, that we ended up giving up, uh, Dronowski or... He's well, lighting it up. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I, that was He's got a, more goals than our again, entire defensive That was the thing. Would you have rather taken the $7 million hit, or do you need to get that off your books? Okay? Now, I work for the agency. And people are going to say about Kenny Holland, why the hell was it on the books? Well, because it's it's when you sign these guys to long-term contracts, this is the problem. When you sign an older guy, we're going through with Zetterberg. Okay? What is Zetterberg signed to? Zetterberg signed till 2021. Yeah, well, a lot of that's deferred payments. No, it's not. It's well, his cap payments. hits yeah. is six thousand, six million, yeah. eighty-three thousand. But it cap- every year until 2021. No, I don't. Yes, so. I'm looking at it right now. I got it pulled up. Well, I'm on the cap friendly. I've got the entire thing in front. Of well, me. you know what? I'd have to dive into that. There's something. That, a lot of those payments are deferred, so you're not taking that whole six million hit. He might be taking three million or whatever. I'm telling you, it's it's right. There's I'm no looking, way that he's going to get. That's what I'm saying. There are some things. I'll four disagree more with years, you on, he's, they're not. But taking. if I've got the cap hits in front of me. I've got to disagree with you on that. You know, right now we've got four guys on long-term IR between Erickson, 4.25, Franzen, Franzen, 4 million. Well, okay, let's back up there. Vitaly. We all know Who the Franzen. hell is Joe Vitaly? 
Now, no, Doesn't tell me he that. own Andy Amo's restaurants? <laughs> That's Joe Vacari. <laughs> but we've got a guy, Joe Vitale, one million, long-term IR, that goes against our cap. We're fans. What's going on? When did this become okay. Matt Millen's Detroit Red Wings? Uh, you know what? There's no answer for that. I mean, the only answer I have is that we're not in Kenny Holland's shoes. The Franzen deal, let's face it, they made a decision. Hassa Franzen. Okay? Right. No, no, no. I it completely understand that. It was the wrong decision, one. but no one knew that at the time. Franzen come off, what was it, 30 plus goals? And a great playoff. And a great playoff. And a great playoff. I'm with you. And I'm not going to beat them almost, No, I, 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 I'm more pissed at, at Franzen because a big guy like that, they call the mule, is one of the most injury-prone players I've ever heard This is of. a concussion, though. This isn't yeah, like but a, what about the two knees? He walked, you ever see him in the dressing room? Yeah, but the reason he can't play now is because of the concussion. When did he? Okay. Uh, you know what? Okay. I'm just going to tell you, when I played the game, a concussion wasn't a concussion. A concussion was, oh, you got knocked out? Okay, we'll see you tomorrow for practice. Okay? I'm tired of listening to these guys. It's all the PA. And now, you know what? I'm not going to get into it because I'm not in his body. Okay? I'm not in his body, so I don't want – but I can't see – uh, you know what? Again, I'm not in his body, so I'm not going to argue what he's feeling. To me, it's he's going to take the seven million he's making, uh, four million, three point nine per year. And I, I, he's going to make Franzen, that with Franzen, twenty twenty. Though, yeah, with Franzen, it's like with Keith Primo when that happened. I knew something was wrong because Keith's a tough player. With Franzen, I'm not so sure. Okay, and if he hears this podcast, he might be mad. But I've seen him; he's been injury prone. Okay, the last one was a concussion, but was it a concussion or they just want him on IR? Yeah, interesting. You know what? You would know more about that than I would. And when you look at it, you know, people thought Sidney, you know, was gone, you know, and he was gone, what, about 12 months? Yeah. But he's come back and look at the way that he's playing now. I don't, you know, he's 37 years old, which means he's locked up, though, through 2020. He'll be 40, right? And I guess that's my question. We've taken a lot of guys and locked them away for a long time. You know, Jimmy Howard, fortunately, comes off the books. Hopefully, you know, now that the Golden Knights are have made their expansion payment, right, and that is now ready to go, so the expansion draft will be held, you know, what is that, June 20th, right? Everybody's got to have their protection by then. And hopefully we can move either Morazic or Howard at that point. But the amount of goalie money that we have, even Corot, you know, that's six hundred and twelve thousand dollars. Yeah. So my question for you specifically is if we're doing a rebuild, we get rid of these guys, we get the draft picks, there's no guarantees. Are you still a supporter of Kenny Holland? I am, for one reason. I've known Kenny for many, 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 many years. And I know there's a lot of people. We're not in his shoes, so we don't know. I, I have a good friend of mine, Mike Barnett. When we worked together at IMG and then Wayne Gretzky asked us to come to Phoenix, he was the general manager. You know, 
I saw him go through a lot of battles, make a lot of, I would say, bad decisions. But in his mind, if you're going to get fired, you're going to do it your way. Okay. In Kenny's mind is he's just trying to maintain this this great franchise that has been built up in Detroit. Uh, I'm still a supporter because a lot of people say, why can't you pull that off? Why can't you pull that off? Well, when you don't have the ammunition to pull it off, you're not going to pull it off. Okay? I mean, for me with Kenny, his hands have been tied. Has he made some bad deals at the time? Yeah, okay. But do we know if Mike Illich was pulling the the gun and saying, Kenny, give it to him? We know how Mike, Mr. I, was so loyal. Franzen, uh, does Kenny go to Mr. I and say, look, I don't want to sign this guy. He wants this, 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 this for this many years, whatever, you know. I don't want to do it. And Mr. I might have said, Kenny, he had a great year. He's essential. We don't know that. We don't know what's in. What the, I'd like to be that fly on the wall when J.F. Kennedy in the Oval Office. Okay. <laughs> well, that was. Is, <laughs> yeah, I, you under you know where I'm going with it. Happy but my point is, birthday. we don't. Yeah, yeah, we don't know what's happening with Kenny and his discussions with his scouting. Well, we got to know. We we it needs to be a little bit more. You know what? No, it doesn't have to be more transparent. You know what? It's their business it's to their run. It's their business. Yeah. It's our job to be fans and be the voice of dissent. Yeah. Now, I'm going to throw a question to you. Do you think a GM makes all the decisions? Yes. Well, see, With the input of well, like that, the head coach and the scouts. Well, believe it or not, the head coach really isn't in, into it. It's about... Are you trying to tell me Scotty Bowman wasn't into it? Well, Scotty got into everything. <laughs> But I'm going to tell you that the scouting staff, if it's if it's dealing with a pro player, it's the head uh, head scout for pro. Okay, uh, in this case would have been Mark Mark Howe, um, Mr. Eyes involved. When I'm when I'm going and I'm going to sign a guy to 2020, like you say, for seven million a year or six million a year is the cap hit. I'm going to have to go to Mr. I or the owner of the team and say, here's what he wants, here's what I'm offering. I don't know. What do you want? The, the, the owner always has the last say, okay? The GM does not make the decisions. I mean, he makes the decisions, but he's not. In, in a case like this where you're giving the owner's money away, you bet he's having a meeting with Mr. I. All right, with that, we're going to take uh, one more break. We're going to pay some bills, come back, and then uh, we'll probably wrap it up for the week. I'm Jeff Morton from Pain-Free Life Centers. I'm here with former Detroit Tiger pitcher Dave Rosemont. Dave, how long did it take before you noticed any benefits from laser therapy? The first day. That's awesome. And how, how did you feel? It, it gives you a positive attitude. Um, emotionally, I felt better. Flexibility in my knee, and the most important thing, I felt less pain. And as an athlete, you'd be an authority on pain. I use my body a lot. I do a lot of batting practice at Comerica, and it made my knee flexible, felt stronger. It feels good to me, and the pain was gone. So now you've heard from an authority on pain. So what's your excuse? I challenge you to pick up the phone and start living a better quality of life pain-free. Call 248-879-1100 or go to painfreelifecenters.com. We're so confident in what we do, we're going to give you a free consultation and a free treatment. So Dave, what would you say to somebody suffering from pain? Try it for yourself because it helped me, and I'm sure it's going to help you. Painfreelifecenters.com. 
Do it today. I'm Thad Zott with Zot M59 Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. During our spring clearance event, you'll find the best deals in the D. Jeff, we know that, but we only have 30 seconds to tell the people. No worries. We made it easy by listing every vehicle in our massive inventory with the very best price we can offer on dealsinthed.com. Like leases starting at $129 per month or new Jeeps starting at $17.9. Thad, we need to hurry. Our 30 seconds is almost up. But dealsinthed.com is on 24 7 Get there. And that's the end of the second period. And now it's time for Game Day Trivia, brought to you by United Photo Works. Tonight's question, which Detroit-based photography company has worked with the Red Wings alumni? Companies like Ford, Shinola, and our Detroit, and been the exclusive photographers of the Joe Koser Celebrity Softball Series for the past seven years? The answer is United Photo Works. Visit them today at unitedphotoworks.com. Remember, folks, that's unitedphotoworks.com. Well, that's actually one of the things we're uh, probably not going to have to worry about is getting our red on for a playoff run uh, this year. And, you know, the great thing about that song uh, is we had played it in the locker room in Flint. You know, the uh, Mickey Redmond, get your red on. And Mickey was like, holy jumping, where'd you guys get that? And then he just starts singing. Uh, and then he's dancing around and singing. The guy's 68 years old, and he's having just a blast with it. Uh, the only thing that we had to change in, while he was singing the song was um, I did throw Mickey a towel um, because it made it a little bit easier to watch Mickey perform with a towel on as opposed to, you know, on natural. You know, Newman, as we're talking about all these trades and all that, it, it's one good for me – as a former hockey player and, and one that's close to the game, not making the playoffs, I know people are going to kill me for saying this, but not making the playoffs this year might be the best thing for the Detroit Red Wings. Oh, I agree. Okay? I it's, agree. It's, it's a fact that we were just trying to make the playoffs to keep the streak going. That streak's going to last for a long, long time. So we got the streak. Now it's time to look past making the playoffs and going further in the rounds. And this is what we had to do, okay? We're still far from it, but at least it shows the people with all the trades that are being made only for draft picks. I think it's showing the fans that, you know what, let's come to the realization. It's over. Let's build for the next 25. The fans are spoiled. The next 30. The fans are spoiled, but you know what? They have a right to be. I mean, we gave them a good product, and we still got a good product. It's just, here's what's happening. Every team is getting better and better every year. Look at Toronto. Yeah. You know what? Toronto has done a fantastic job. They're right where they need to be. They're about eight points out of first place. You know, they've made the trades. They've got Babcock. They've got Shanahan. They've got Lou Lamarillo, right? And I know everybody makes the jokes about Toronto. No, Lou's – it's not Shanahan. I'm going to tell you right now, okay? I've known Lou for many, many years, okay? He's the man – that was the smartest thing that Toronto ever done. That If Shanahan did that, kudos to him. But this isn't Shanahan's team. It's not Mike Badcock's team. I agree. It's going to be Lou Lamarillo's team. I think and it's we, all of their team. It's all of their team. Yeah. But they made the greatest choice. Because now Lou has never had money to play with. But even though he's got a lot of money with Toronto, he's still going to be stingy. 
and he's still going to get the best players in there. You watch. And that's what they've been doing at the trade deadline. And even you take a team like the Kings, I think the Kings are really putting chips towards the middle of the table. You know, they went out and they got a Ginla, right? And And Bishop, too. uh, Bishop in I don't understand that one. Is, Is Quick on his last contract? You know what? Even if you're just... I don't know if he's on the last contract. You know, I could probably um, pull that up real quick, um, at real quick. But still, I mean, Aginla, you know, this is it. they're figuring he's got one last shot. You know, he, well, they're they're trying to make the playoffs. My my Ginla for me, I don't know what they gave up for him because I wasn't tracking it on their side. But as long as they didn't give up too much for Ginla. Good deal. Quick but what is I signed through twenty twenty. Okay, so I do not at six see million. It. So I do not see this because Bishop is gone. Who are yeah, they going to protect, Bishop or Quick? Oh, they're obviously going to protect Bishop. I mean, um, Quick. You would think, right? But maybe he's making too much, and they can sign Bishop because he's younger. I don't know. It's just a strange deal to go to Kings, pushing for that playoff, and they got Ben Bishop and Jonathan Quick. Who are you going to play? Well, you're going to play Jonathan Quick. Absolutely. He's but number Ben one Bishop guy. is a number one. He's a number one goalie. Not anymore. So now you're going to sit on the bench. Like, I don't understand the Kings thinking on this one. I wish I was a little closer Maybe to Maybe it is Lombardi. because of the expansion draft. Yeah, but they what they give up for Bishop? I don't think they gave up a lot for Bishop. But they still gave up something. Uh, something, but you know what? And is he gonna, okay, again, I don't want to argue. No. How many games left? 18? Sure. Okay, the Kings are trying to make the playoffs. Are you going to go with Quick or are you going to go with Bishop? But do you think they just gave up some random stuff just to say, there's your goalie for the Knights? But, okay. For the Golden Knights? Yeah, but he, he would get picked off Tampa. He'll get picked off wherever he goes. But Tampa, they because they've anything. got a smart GM, and Steve Eiserman was like, give anything. me something, give me any. They got something. Okay. They, even if they got draft picks, and you were just okay. alluding to earlier. I was, but right. the Kings, I'm alluding more to what is Dean Lombardi thinking. I think he Unless wants to try and make a playoff quick But wait a minute. Wasn't on it when, waivers. It was the, and let him go. No. With that contract he's got. You know what? That'd be great. And all of a sudden, and then, you know what? The Golden Knights would have the same problem that Detroit has or even LA has right now. You got two goalies, you know, at $10 million, right? Because if they go no, and get I'm Jimmy Howard. LA will keep Ben Bishop because right? he's younger. And, but he's still at $5 million. Bishop has still got $5 million. Yeah, but what's Quick making? Quick is making 5.8. That's it? And Bishop is all done. He's an unrestricted free agent. Mm-hmm. After no, this I know season. that. That's why I'm saying it's 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 a deal. I have no clue, and I'd like to get more into that, why they made the deal. Because with 18 games left, are you going to play quick or are you going to play Bishop? I don't understand it. You're not going to play both of them. Or maybe they will. Well, I don't know. You know, if you remember, at one point we had Hasek, Curtis Joseph, and Manny Legacy. But Hasek played most of the games. Uh, right, because and at one point they sent and that's why Cujo. Curtis came in. Yeah. Well, um, 
yeah, they sent Cujo to Grand Rapids at exactly. that point exactly. because he was the one making more money and they were trying to yeah. leave but him anyways. unprotected. I don't know. There's a lot it's, going on. I'm going to dive quickly into this and maybe next show when I talk to my insiders. Absolutely. I'm going to um, wonder why Dean Lombardi would make a trip. Maybe like LA is trying to make that run like they did a few years ago where they were the lowest rated, you know, the lowest seated team. I understand that, and but they, yeah. you, you go with your number one goalie. Is Quick not their number one goalie? That's the question. You bring oh. in a guy like Ben Bishop, okay? Like, if Ben Bishop would have went to Calgary, it all makes sense. They're making a run for the playoffs. You know what, Eddie? I'm with you. The more I'm looking at just the yeah, hard numbers I, on it, I think they're not going to leave Quick protected. Uh, I'm t- something's up here. Something's but Bishop's up here. an unrestricted free agent. I mean, L.A. could play this wrong, and they don't have any goalie for next season. But they might. Okay, you said he signed to what? Quickest 2023. Okay, 2023. Now think about this. Do I get rid of $5.8 million for the next 10 years? Right? No. Well, I'm sorry. Or go out and try uh, and find a goalie And next pay season. him $7 million, leave Quick unprotected. Vegas will take him. Yep. Okay? Vegas will definitely take him. And now I got Quick at $7 million for maybe five years. All right. You know what? With that, I um, just want to mention two things real quick. March 10th, um, we've got Darren McCarty. I'm sorry, March 11th. Darren McCarty will be at Gibraltar Trade Center with Claude Lemieux. They're going to sign the uh, the turtle picture uh, together. So if you're interested in that. And then we will be out at the well uh, out at Brighton, Kensington Valley. Follow us on Twitter at Red Wing Alumni. Look for us on Facebook. We will be back before the next game to announce lineups. Thanks, Eddie.